in G. Scott Sr., the father of G. Scott Jr., the Buckeye commitment we've all been talking about ad nauseum. His dad is here to help us understand their journey to here. It's a fascinating one. Mr. Scott, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Grateful to be here right now. Really appreciate you, Dan. Thank you. You know, in recruiting, like I told you when we were warming up, we've heard stories about many guys and how they got to Ohio State. Your story is is an incredible one, and then you add in the fact that you're coming from all the way across the country. Take people back, because uh, Guy was not always destined for greatness in terms of how things were going. There was a time when things were going great in school, and you kind of found some inspiration from the local pro team. Can you summarize that for us real quick? I think it's a pretty cool story. It's definitely unique. Um, not many people can say that um, that they were uh, watching uh, a Super Bowl team being built and constructed, and then there was an execution of that plan where they actually went to go win the Super Bowl. Um, I've been around the Seattle Seahawks since 2003, um, and I was definitely there in 2010 cleaning their cars when Pete Carroll uh, showed up. Uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, uh, obviously it's no secret what it is that they've done. But what I got to see um, is probably the coolest thing in the world. Well, at least I didn't know it was the coolest thing in the world, but you know how hindsight 2020 is. And um, what I got to see is I got to see what consistency is all about and how consistency equals greatness. I have a bunch of examples. I'll give you maybe two or three of some of the things that I was able to take and take those lessons and put them into both of my sons. The first lesson is in in 2010 and when Pete Carroll first got there. And when he first got there, I would, you know, I would I was a car wash guy. So from time to time, probably maybe once every two weeks, I would clean Pete Carroll's car. Well, every time I would clean his car, he would give me the keys, and then afterwards, he would always say the same thing. He would always say, hey, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Hey, make sure those keys get put on my, on my desk. Every single time, he would always say, make sure those keys get put on my desk. Never, there was never a time that I wondered, I mean, why does he keep saying that? Actually, yeah, there was. I was like, why does he keep saying the same thing every single time? But that was my first example in consistency. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it, but he's making sure as someone who is a coach, he's given clear direction on what it is that I'm supposed to do to be successful. So that was kind of a, it's a small lesson but it was a lesson in consistency and a lesson in seeing how Pete Carroll does things. It's always the same thing. It's nothing spectacular. It's just consistent. The next one came in when Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, 2012, drafted to the Seahawks. And Russell would come in to the uh, training facility there at the Seahawks facility and he would always park and park and stall 47. 
Now, again, I was there four or five days a week in the Seahawks parking lot, so I got to see these type of things. Every single day, Russell would park in parking stall 47. And I thought, and I know somebody listening right now, you're thinking, well, why is that a big deal? It's just another example of consistency and doing things the right way. And I think it is something that Russell always wanted. He wanted consistency, parking in the same spot. So I said, oh, okay. And then the third one, and again, I have many lessons, but I only want to give you three. Stories are better than threes anyways. The third one is how all of them would try to beat each other to work every single day. No, not the running late, oh, my goodness. It was every single morning, each one of them trying to beat each other, whether it was Russell Wilson, whether it was Cam Chancellor, whether it was Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, all of the greats. Yes, they were good on the field, and that's what we all saw. We all saw them on the, on the field, and we say, wow, the, look at the way Earl Thomas closes out on that play. Wow, look at the way Russell scrambles. We see all of those things. But what you guys didn't see are the things that I saw, and I saw the consistency on how they would try to beat each other to work every single day. So that told me, hey, the best ones are the early ones. What's really interesting is about that time uh, and how you related it to your sons. For those who people who don't know, G was originally more of a basketball player. He made the sure. Seattle Rotary AAU team in the sixth grade. And for people who don't know what that team is, that's the EYBL team out of Seattle. The National Underclassman of the Year was just named off the EYBL. He's a member of that team. So you're talking about a lottery pick or two has come through that program. That changed, mm-hmm. and you kind of applied the early morning approach to the football. And talk about how that blossomed for him, for your son, and how that kind of set him off in school, right. too. He was able to get more consistent there. Well, his grades weren't really good in his fifth grade year. And I think um, I think it was, it was sh- telling that there were some things that needed to be better. And uh, it kind of reminded me of when I was his age, my grades weren't particularly good in fifth grade as well. And like you and myself and a lot of adults, we seem to do our best work when we go to the gym early. And we go and we, and we always talk and brag to our friends. And we're like, oh, man, oh, you got the gym in this morning. Oh, man, I got a good routine. It just feels great right, as opposed to getting the gym after work when you don't really want to do it. So my approach to my son was is if we adults say things like, oh, we really love to work out and because we have such a a better day at work because we work out in the morning, well, why can't I do that for my son? So I adopted the deal where he is to work out in the mornings before school. And what ended up happening is, is, I mean, it wasn't right away, but going back to the consistency part, all of a sudden there was a slow progression of better grades because of what he was doing uh, before school. So now when he goes to school, he's awake. He's been, he's been up for two and a half hours before sitting in that classroom as opposed to being awake for 45 minutes before being in that classroom. So. 
things were automatically uh, better in that regards. And so uh, it ended up, uh, it was working out for him, and it was something that he loved. It was something that he didn't get playing. And I think it was, for him, a sense of um, when he would go to school, there was not many kids could say that they already worked out that morning. So there was a sense of empowerment by doing that. And so he loved it. He never turned it down. He always loved doing it. He never complained at all. And then at some point in time, I know he kind of switched more into football and to play wide receiver. Talk about a kid who was getting to work out at times with Doug Baldwin and Sidney Rice. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think that was a natural one because uh, uh, the players that you just mentioned. I mean, these are someone I've known since uh, you know Doug was a rookie. Uh, when since Sidney Rice when he came over as a free agent from Minnesota Vikings. Uh, these are relationships that have been, you know, have been there from the beginning. And so uh, my son, G. Scott Jr., wanted to play football in eighth grade, and I said, no, I wanted him to wait until high school. And then he said, well, I just want to kind of go out there and play with my friends because, again, this is something he's getting ready for the AAU basketball season. Right. So I well, I think the part of I want to play with my friends really was the key. Like, you know what, that is probably a good time to let someone go play. Because I, I think it's really important that like, we parents, we forget about this game and sports. It's It's supposed to be fun. And so often now the business side of it, the the – get up and go and you don't hardly know anybody and you're training and you, you're trying to make these elite teams and so much of that is, oh, man, I, it's so tough. So when he said I wanted to play with my friends, something did it with that. Now, granted, he goes out there and he plays with his friends and goes to practice and he comes back and he tells me, he says, hey, I'm pretty good. Um, I'm pretty good on the uh, on the football field. I can catch pretty good. And well, before um, he was he was telling me that the year before because we lived in Kent, Washington, and we lived right above a football field where Friday night lights used to happen for all the Kent schools. And he and his little brother, the year before, would go down to the games. Well, he told me then that he was like, "Hey, Dad, you guys, I can catch pretty good." And an actual friend of mine, a friend of mine by the name of Lenny Gomez, he calls me up and he says, hey, I saw your son catching at the field. That dude can catch. You got to think, seventh grade, I mean, how good can you catch, right? Like, you can just get, all right, this is not really a big deal. So I didn't pay attention to the uh, to those signs then. And so um, you fast forward eighth grade, he goes out there, he plays with friends. I go out there to a practice, and I say, okay, yeah, he could play pretty good. It wasn't until, which I have that on video too, it wasn't until his first scrimmage in eighth grade that I said, oh, boy, yeah, he can he can catch and Wait, is he gonna be pretty good at football? So it was it was probably the first time that I thought, hey, maybe he could be good in high school and play football. And so in in doing that, I was fortunate enough to leverage 
um, my relationships with, um, you know, the players that I know. And Doug Baldwin would take time out of his day, uh, you know, and, 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 and put him through some, some trainings and, and different things. So that was pretty cool. Let's talk about Gio a little bit more here. Obviously, Stoddard, Eastside Catholic, he's been a star there his, his whole career. He's currently the number two prospect in the state of Washington, according to 24-7 Sports, number 13 wide receiver nationally. We'll get into that in a little bit. He just got back from the opening. Can you give me his up? Because one thing that everyone has said to me, people even said this to me about him at the opening, there's a lot of credit given to Mick Maradi at Ohio State for what he can do with prospects. I had someone tell me, man, he's, he doesn't have that much to do with G. That guy's going to come in there a grown blank man. Can you give me his up there in height and weight? We have him at 6'3", 207. How do you feel about that? Well, he's 6'3", and then yesterday, um, when we got back from the gym, he was 213 and a half. So, nice. What are those things that, that that kind of fluctuates? Um, you know, I've we we we've heard that right. Like we've heard, um, and and I get it, right? Like you know, the whole game and recruiting and the whole game of scouting, it's not a perfect science. We don't know. I mean, in the NFL, they spend they spend they spend millions of dollars on this stuff, and they don't even know, right? Like I've, now, you just know that. So with with my son. With G. Scott Jr., he, you look at him and you're like, wow, what is there more to do? But, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot for him to do. Well, one, you know, he hasn't he hasn't benched uh, 28 times, uh, 30 times of 225, right? right? So that that's a goal. He wants to get to that 30 times of bench pressing. So right, Although I think right 30 now, would have led receivers. Yeah, I think a 30 would, led, would have led receivers at the combine, NFL combine. But continue. Right. So, so, so right now he's at he's at 18 is is the best that I've seen. Now you know sometimes kids tell you, oh, I did 19, and they, oh, I did 20. That's I, the bench. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I've seen. Right. So 18 is the best that I've seen. So you got there. So he needs to grow between 10 to 12. Right there. Uh, he also needs to grow with uh, his speed, right? That needs to, he ran a four six laser at the forty. I mean, um, I can hope that he runs better than that in a couple years or so. You know what I mean? Where he gets that down to a four four, so he has to increase there. And here's the most important thing that you, you got to kind of laugh at a little bit, Coach Brian Hartline. Is one of the best to do it right now. I mean, he has the respect of other wide receiver coaches. You know he's good when other wide receiver coaches across the United States are saying, wow, yeah, I, yeah, that dude and dude knows his stuff. My, my son hasn't even got a chance to get coached by him yet. So at least maybe let him get to college and get some coaching before you say he's maxed out. You know what I mean? He's got, a, sure. in my opinion, in my opinion, he's got a lot of growing to do. I mean, just the other day, uh, we were working out with Richard Sherman and working out with him. And Richard Sherman had a lot to tell him on some of his routes and some of his tales and some of the things he's doing. So there's, if you know, my, my dad used to say, if better is possible, 
good is never enough. So there's always room to grow. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You brought up uh, nicely there. You can tell you have a sports radio background, what I was going to get into next, and it's his recruitment and Brian Hotline. For those who don't know, he had offers, he had offers from – all across the country. You had the West Coast Powers, you know, the teams we usually see do well out there, the Washington and USC, Notre Dame even hopped on. You had Florida, LSU, FSU, Texas A&M, but he chose Ohio State. If you could let the people know what set Ohio State apart, what set Brian Hartline apart, maybe talk about Ryan Day's influence, because committing to Ohio State from where you guys are located, I mean, people don't know, people know this, but Recruiting is still pretty much a regional event, even for kids who are national prospects. To go from the state of Washington all the way to Ohio is a trick. Put it this way, there aren't many Ohioans on Washington's roster right now. What made Ohio State the choice? Well, I, I got to – before I tell you what made it the the choice, ultimately, I got to tell you some, some truth, right? And okay. the truth is this. The truth is this. As someone who has been around – the NFL for 16 years, right? And 16 years, I've seen a lot of talent. I've seen a lot of, oh, that guy was supposed to be this, or that guy was supposed to be that, or I've seen a lot of, oh, this guy won't even make the team, but the guy's going to end up being a Hall of Famer. I've seen what the real truth is when it comes to football. No, no fan opinion, no scouting reports. I'm talking about what it really is about. So I tell you that to tell you that when all of the offers were coming in, right, the, all of the offers, the, the Notre Dame's, the Oregon's, Oregon, the University of Oregon's first offer, um, and all the different offers, and then when the Ohio State came in in October, which, by the way, I wasn't even going to let my son go and visit Ohio State University. So, because, look, it's, that's Ohio State. For what State, reason? Man. For the Far reason away? of just, no, no, no. It had nothing to do with distance because, man, that's where the players go to play, right? Like, you, you, you're talking about, um, uh, you're talking about some of the best. I mean, my good buddy Rob Sims, who's a national champion on that 2000 team you, you, you're talking about in practice where the truth comes out and, and the best yeah. players at Ohio State and so I was thinking like I said I'm trying to be very transparent to you guys I didn't think my son was ready for that sure I, I didn't think I didn't think he would be like that and then and then so all of these offers are coming in and then he makes the visit to Ohio State and they offered him and I thought wow they they, they really offered him? Oh, my goodness. Wow. So he comes back. But, man, you got to, as, as a job, as a parent, it's your job to protect your child. So even though the offer came in from Ohio State, 
you're like, hey, you know, that's nice and all, but hey, let's let's keep it realistic, right? Let's keep things realistic. And then as things started to shake out and and everything, and I remember the morning he came into my room and he said, uh, Dad, I want to commit to the Ohio State. That's where I want to be. And I said, are you sure? He says, yeah. So even after he committed, I'm going to tell you guys something that we just talked about yesterday, and he remembered it too. Even after he committed, so he committed on Christmas Day of 2018. Merry and Christmas. I'm going to tell you. Merry Christmas. For the and I'm going to tell you. Absolutely. Did I think he was ready? No. So in January of this year, we were in the kitchen, and he says, Dad, I remember where I was. We were in the kitchen. He was in the fridge getting some water bottles. And I said, hey, man, look, you, you know, a lot of these kids make decisions to go to these schools, and then they get there, and, it, and it's kind of hard, or, you know, it's a reality check. I said, I don't really want you going to Ohio State. If, if you're just going to get there, it gets tough, and you jump in transfer port, portal. I said, I said this whole transfer portal stuff, I mean, I get it. I understand why kids should have an option to be able to go do something, but I do believe that a small percentage of kids are using it as a crutch. I That's said, so so, I'm, I'm, are you, you sure? You, are you really sure that that's where you want to go, to go be? Now, I'm telling you, the reason I'm talking like that because I still don't think he's ready for the Ohio State University, January of 2019. But what ended up taking place between Christmas of 2018 until today right now is I think there was a part of him that wondered if he was ready, but I also think that he could tell by the way I questioned him I didn't think he was ready for the Ohio State. And his work ethic went through the roof. Like, it, it's insane the way he works from then even until today. I can tell you this. I finally realized he was ready for the Ohio State probably back in, probably back in April. April of this year was the first time that I realized that, yes, he's ready and he can go play anywhere. From April through now, and this is, when I say this, this is just a conversation that I have in this household. From April to now was the first time that I have said to him, I think you're the best wide receiver in the country. That has nothing to do with anybody else but the conversation in here. Now, I can be completely wrong. Hell, I was wrong before about him not being ready for the Ohio State. I could be wrong now. It's okay. But because of what the work ethic that I see, the want to, the consistency that I see, going back to what I saw, I've been around Super Bowl champions. I saw Super Bowl champions being built. I saw that team being built and constructed. I saw the before. I saw the after. So I've seen what work ethic looks like. Sure. When I saw my son's work ethic now, 
and I and I saw. I mean, even down going down to the opening, there's just a way of doing things, and and, and it's not about the catches. It's not about the touchdowns. It's about the execution. It's about the being prepared. It's about the him calling me in the morning time and telling me what he did the night before and telling me uh, his whys and his focus. Those are the things that really stand out to me, my man. Yeah, one of the biggest stories to come out of the opening and arguably our favorite story around here is they did a dream team with three wide receiver spots and all were inhabited by future Buckeyes. What about Brian Hartline got these three level guys to all commit in the same class? A lot of times there are receivers who don't want to go in a spot where they see other talent. What's it about this trio so far? What's, what's it been about Hartline? What did Hartline say to you guys? You mentioned earlier how he's gained the respect of uh, coaches around the country. He hasn't been the wide receivers coach at Ohio State that long. I mean, his reputation precedes him from the NFL. But what was the difference? And then why did these three guys all choose to go Ohio State when each one could probably think they're a number one receiver? Because Brian Hartline is a teacher. Brian Hartline, Coach Key, they're teachers, man. That's all they do is teach. They send these guys texts. I can, I can, you know. He, he sends my son texts all the time, congratulates him, pats him on the back through text, and then say, you know, it's not a yeah, but, right? Like sometimes uh, a good motivator and good teacher will say, uh, will say, yeah, and, right? Like it's like, yeah, look here, uh, G. Scott Jr., this was great. And also this, not yeah, but, right? And so he doesn't tear them down, but he's always teaching and, and, and fine-tuning things. And I think when you see the dream team that happened um, for the opening and you see three Ohio State commits receivers on that team, which that's incredible. It is. What you're, what, what you're seeing is, is you're seeing Brian Hartline see something in these receivers before any of us do. And when I say any of us, that includes me. Yep. Right? Like, so there was something that he saw in my son that would make things great. I mean, you know, I guess if you go off the ESPN, they say he's the 32nd receiver in the country and the composite, he's number 13 and all that. But for Brian Hartline and Coach Key, it's something bigger than what they say. You know, it's what he sees in them. You know, you see Jackson. Jackson Jackson Smith wasn't even invited to the opening. And yep. he gets in. An injury the, replacement. He gets in, yep. the, he gets in at the last minute. And he comes there. And he, abs- I mean, I watched him. He was phenomenal. You, you watch Julian Fleming. And let me be clear on this. I totally get why Julian Fleming is the number one receiver. In the country, he looked good, checked off all boxes, oh, man, fast, routes, all that stuff. But, man, it was beautiful watching all three of them out there. Hey, I wish Jackson was on the team with him. But but I got to see all of them, and, and what we saw is, is Brian Hartline sees something in them that most of us aren't looking for. And the, and the thing is, is we don't know what – Brian Hartline's looking for in a wide receiver. There's a reason why wide receivers, it's, it's going to be to the point where wide receivers want to come. 
to Brian Hartline. It's it's not a hard sell. It's not a hard sell at all. So I think what the reason we saw three the Ohio State commits um uh, on that dream team is I think because of the vision of Brian Hartline and of course, you know, Dave Coach Ryan Day being the head coach, I think they see something in these guys that maybe most don't see. Let's get to that real quick. When your son began being recruited by Ohio State, Urban Meyer was the coach. Since then, Ryan Day has become the head coach, and there was a lot of talk about how, because Urban was a rock star recruiter, there's no denying that, but there may be a dip in recruiting and there may be a lack of confidence nationally in the in the program. That obviously has not been the case. What about Day lets you believe that the transition will be solid? you really have to give kudos to Urban Meyer, meaning, yes, Urban Meyer is the rock star. Urban Meyer is this legend. I mean, come on now. Urban Meyer, top coaches to ever, one of the top coaches to ever coach the game in college football. But he let his coaches coach, and he let his assistant, he let them do their thing. So even when he was there, Ryan Days and Brian Hartlines and whatever coach there was, I can't speak for the other coaches because my son doesn't play defense or specialty or, or anything like that. But sure. as a wide receiver, my son built a relationship. We built a relationship with Coach Brian Hartline. So when Coach Day, Coach Day takes over as head coach, we're still, we're still on the same road. We didn't veer, we didn't veer off the exit and go take a, a a pit stop or anything. No, we stayed on the road still. No, nothing changed, and the whole nothing changing, people have to give a little bit of credit. Yeah, oh, you have a lot of credit to Ryan Day and what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. But Ryan Day, you got to think is it's successful because of. The environment has already been established, and now Ryan Day continues to do things. And so, no, there was there wasn't even a question when Urban Meyer was not head coach anymore. Coach Ryan Day was wasn't a question. The recruiting speaks for itself. I think people will be finally convinced once he can string together maybe twelve wins. What are your expectations for G Senior season at Eastside Catholic? He will be enrolling early. Um, he's yep. going to be a marked man this fall, that's for sure. The goal is is for he him to go out there and uh, help help his uh, team win another state championship. They won a state championship last year, and so the goal this year is to win another. Go out there and, and be a, a good teammate. And the most important part to this year that that I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to him enjoying his the last what five months five six months of just yep. being a kid I, yep. that's what i'm looking forward to i just i just want just just being a kid going up to the local mcdonald's and and hanging out or you know because when he leaves here when he leaves here it's business it ain't personal the ncaa is a billion dollar industry your feelings don't matter and feelings don't matter at all. So I'm looking forward to him just enjoying it and then also um, enjoying his time with his uh, younger brother, you know, and that's a, that's a big job for him, being big brother, being an example to him and um, and watching the both of them. I mean, that's going to be pretty, man, to, to watch them starting uh, opposite sides of each other on the offense, that wide receiver, that's going to be pretty cool. 
Yeah, tell everybody a little bit about his younger brother, Zion. I was giving you a hard time before the show. Is that, that was a relatively unique name until someone uh, arrived at Duke. But talk about oh, uh, where he's at on his path. He has some natural ability, um, but he's still got some ways to go. And when I mean some ways to go, I don't think he the natural ability he has, but there has to come a time where the the work ethic comes and it's there, but it needs to increase, right? Like his work ethic needs to increase. If you want to have the opportunity to play up there with the big dogs. Now, you know, sometimes the work ethic is really good for high school and uh, really good for maybe a, a small college. I think any opportunity to be able to play at any level in college, D1, D2, D3, NAIA, I think that is a blessing either way. So um, his his path will be one that he continues to create, and so this year will be the first time that uh, he has the opportunity to start. And so, man, I'm, I'm really happy as, as, as a father. I'm really happy uh, for that path right there. Well, I'm sure he's going to be able to get a little bit of inspiration at the shoe when he sees his brother go out and do it in front of 108,000 people. I imagine as a father, that's an incredible time to look forward to, be nerve-wracking and exciting all at the same time. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. For those who don't know, he is a frequent user of Bucknuts. He's on there. You can talk to him. He's been great on there. As his son becomes a fixture in the community, he'll be a fixture on Bucknuts, and we just really appreciate you taking the time out today. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Thanks so much.